What's up 2020? This is the Uncomfortable is OK podcast. I am your host Chris Desmond and this is a show where we try and figure out how to get better at doing the hard stuff that makes life exciting. And this is the first podcast for the new decade which is pretty exciting. And it's pretty exciting actually the guest that I've got on today, Josiah Pasekale, who is uh he is of Tokelau and Fijian and Chinese descent. Uh, he lives here in Wellington and is a pretty fascinating dude, actually. And today's conversation is mostly centered around figuring out your identity. And then once you've figured out your identity, actually letting that shine through and, and shine out with pride. So I thought it was it was quite an opportune start for the new decade to be chatting about identity and, and chatting about letting ident- your identity come out in multiple different ways, if you'll pardon the pun. I really hope you enjoy this, this chat with Josiah and I today. I had a lot of fun recording it. He did too. There are a few, few laughs in here. There's also some stuff that's a little bit heavier as well. So if you want to, to have a chat about any of the stuff that we talk about today, feel free to reach out to me. Feel free to reach out to Josiah as well. And yeah, thank you so much for getting uncomfortable with us this year. Josiah Pasakali, welcome to the Uncomfortable is OK podcast. How are you doing today, man? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm feeling pretty uncomfortable. <laughs> good, good. That's a good start. I always like to make my guests feel slightly awkward before we kick things off. I think it just helps with the vibe. What I usually like to start with, other than the, the feelings of awkwardness, are to kind of take you back to childhood and get a bit of background about yourself. So where were you born? Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up here in Wellington and uh, originally from Stokes Valley. You had to One think like- about that a little bit. Oh, because usually, usually when people ask that question, they're asking like where my parents are from. <laughs> so mum's Fijian and dad's uh, Tokelan. Cool, yeah. cool. When did they immigrate to New Zealand? About 30 years ago. Okay, cool. Nice, nice, nice. Are they still in Stokes Valley? Uh, no, we, uh, we moved to Nainai uh, when I was 10 and then yeah, grew up in Nainai. So I'm pretty much a Nainai boy. Currently living in Mount Vic. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Just walk everywhere now, or e-scooter. My uh, backyard is no longer a creek, it's a beach. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice, mate. Again, kind of staying around around the childhood time, do you remember any big experiences that you had that have, have shaped the direction of your life? I think an, an experience that uh, stands out for me, uh, my parents took me to Fiji every year uh, when I was a kid, and I got to experience a different set of values, I think. And I think I've grown up with those values. Family, quality time with friends. I think island time. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's really shaped me from um, a spoiled brat to a semi-mature uh, man, gay man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And those kind of values and principles, they still, kind of, they, they still guide the way that you approach life at the moment? Yes and no. Yeah, I think there's lots of other influences as, as I grow up that kind of shift the direction that I walk in, really. What were those influences? Oh, uh, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Probably like going through depression through high school. So I went to an all-boys high school. I was also attracted to guys, you know, but I didn't know that I was gay. And so that made me severely depressed. 
yeah, so that, that was that was quite uncomfortable. <laughs> Are you alright if we dig into that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Obviously attracted to guys, but you didn't know that you were gay at, at the time. When did you when did you come to that realization that you were a gay man? That took about ten years. Hmm. I think the term gay isn't mentioned anywhere in the Pacific, you know, language. My parents are Pacific Islanders. So when you, the closest thing to being gay in that culture is this term called fafafine, uh, which is a man with female characteristics. And so I wasn't really, you know, feminine. So I didn't quite fit this box of fafafine. And so was almost raised to think it was just wrong to like the same sex out of a cultural respect and out of a religious, you know, upbringing. And so that kind of that uncertainty about where you fitted and, and what you were, what was going on for you at the moment or at the time led you towards depression and feelings of de- depression? Um, it was a feeling of, I guess, being broken and trying all these different ways to fix myself. And just nothing would work. Having girlfriends or praying, gay conversion therapy or gay counselling. I really wanted to not be gay, if I was to be honest. I wanted a wife, you know. I wanted like a life similar to my, you know, church friends now, you know, with their wives and dog and house. <laughs> but I had to kind of die to that idea uh, that that would be my life. When you were going through this, were you talking to, to the people close to you around it? Or was it something that you, you kept pretty close to your chest? Oh, I talked to my dog about it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we had great conversations. <laughs> Some good advice coming back to you as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think what a lot of people don't know about me is that I'm in my head a lot. <laughs> I mean, as much as I... Um, post on social media, you know, affirmation about the day or as much as it may seem that I'm being very raw. I've like thought so much about what I'm about to say (laughs) and I've come to terms with it. And I, and I found um, a lot as a teenager, I, um, I was alone. And I guess when you're alone, you think a lot in your head and you try to figure out um, your own character you know, who, who really cares about like the other things in life at that point. I just want to know who I am and, and where I belong and do I belong? And, you know, is there a, a Josiah-shaped, you know, part in this world for me? And those were like really the deep questions that I asked myself as a, as a teenager uh, struggling to come to terms with my sexuality. Mm-hmm. When you asked yourself them as a teenager, what, what sort of answers were you getting? <laughs> None. (laughs) (laughs) That that was uh, that was definitely the hardest thing. There were no role models that I could, you know, go to or that I could look up to in in the Pacific community and you know say, oh, you know, I'll I'll probably walk, you know, a life similar to the way that they've walked, or um, maybe I'll go ask them a question. You know, there there was no one. I mean, I had great parents, like, my dad's awesome, but my dad's not gay. (laughs) Yeah, so I I guess, like, the answers really came as I walked, I guess, the, you know, this path of life self-discovery.
Mm. And was it a, like, was that a process of you, you being able to answer those questions for yourself as you like, as you had more life experience or was it that you started to open up to other people about some of the challenges that you were facing internally or a bit of both? <laughs> I thought it was difficult coming out, you know, but what I've, what I've found <laughs> is that there's a lot of challenges specifically in the gay world <laughs> once you kind of jump in <laughs> that I wasn't quite aware of but now I'm a bit more aware of it <laughs> like you know the idea of looks you know your outward appearance when you're gay can almost mean everything really because gay guys are judgy bitches <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this is it's a kind of a realization that you've uh, that you've come to <laughs> <laughs> since, since coming out when did you come out <laughs> i, w- I want to say when gay conversion therapy failed me but <laughs> <laughs> i came out in 2017 well, how old were you then 26 26 okay what did you go down the path of gay conversion therapy was that a choice for yourself or did did you discuss that with some other people i'll tell you the truth uh so i had suppressed my sexual you know urge uh for men you know for three years while i went to church and i you know went through their internship program and it was after a um a youth group one night Uh, i was driving home and i decided to you know park at the beach and watch the lights and reflect on life and this car came and pulled up next to me and long story short they offered me a a blowjob and you know i was like you know, I was I was like a volcan, volcano wanting to erupt. <laughs> so yeah, I did it. <laughs> but then I think straight after I did it, I just thought, man, I'm like God hates me. I've like failed my parents and my the youth in my life group and uh, you know my internship and you know like I failed God. And I walked into the church office the next morning and I said to my um, supervisor that I didn't think I belong here anymore and that um, I think I should go home. And they, you know, organized a meeting to like with me and a few of the pastors and I just told them, you know, what happened. And uh, they then offered me, you know, um, some, a counselor that, that specialized in this type of thing <laughs> and that they wanted to help me and if i wanted help it was there so i gladly took the help because you know obviously i was broken and you know needed to be fixed and counseling could fix it and i wanted to be fixed because i i, I had struggled all my life being you know someone that didn't fit in and you know that is the worst feeling, I think, when you feel that there's a paradigm to it. You know, the paradigm shift of that mentality, which I live by now, is you're unique, you know, you stand out. But the other paradigm to that is you're alone, that no one is there that knows what you're going through. You've got no one to talk to. And the spiral of depression just continues to go down. And that's kind of the road that I was going down. Obviously, things have shifted from that that point in time. Like, how did that shift start from from there to where you are now? You know what? I just I just said fuck it. <laughs> I think one of the best feelings to overcome in life 
is the feeling of embarrassment. Yeah. Once yeah. you get over that feeling, everything else is easy. <laughs> so how did I get there? I, I was asked by a friend, this is a conversation that has stayed with me about four years ago. And he said to me, uh, what do you want to be when you're 30? And I thought he meant like career. And then he said, you know, what does that person feel like? Or, you know, who is that person? Uh, what, is, what do they look like? And I think that's, that's when I started to think outside the depression that I was in and start building towards the type of man that I wanted to be. I mean, uh, there's still, still a lot of things I'm building on. <laughs> but, you know, I, I hope to, you know, reach 30. I'm 29 now. And, you know, just be really proud of the person that I've become. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you pretty close to being proud of the person that you've become? Uh, that's, <laughs> I think career-wise, yeah. Physical, like, yeah, I'm pretty happy with my body. Love life, undecided. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I actually don't know. I'll, I'll know when I'm 30. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, the 30 is a, 30 is a pretty, pretty young age though still is. And I think like over time, this, this stuff evolves for us too, is that like the, the idea of the person that we want to be at 30 is then different to the person that we want to be when we're 40 or when we're, when we're 50. And I think like it's, it's healthy to evolve as well. So like, it's just a, it's a stepping stone in the path with this stuff as well it's uh I, I get to this point and and then there's always something else that you move forward towards as well so good on you for the work that you've done so far but bro like 30 years you've got another two lives ahead of you after that as well like two more 30 year blocks at least the, oh, way, yeah. the way science is going so uh yeah it'll be interesting to see who you are at 90 how, how old are you 36 Turned 36 a couple of months ago. So yeah, the person that I am today is is massively different. Well, it's different to the person that I that I was when I was 30. And like the person that I am at 40 is yeah, gonna be different again. But um yeah, I'm proud of the person that I am today. I think if you'd asked me that when I was 30, there would be things that I wasn't proud of. But yeah, over over time, I think you if you keep working towards it, you you slowly head that way, and you slowly yeah you slowly get towards it. If you just keep taking the taking the actions of hey, what would what would this person do? What would my future self is? Uh, it's a bit cheesy, but uh, what would my future self do in this situation? And take actions that are that are congruent with it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And we were talking before that you're reasonably active on on social media post a, a fair amount of stuff out there and put out some really, really awesome stuff. So people aren't following you or following along with you. Um, they're missing out, but there's also, there's, there's often a disconnect between social media and like how we are as a person as well. Like the stuff that we put out is, I mean, it's that it's kind of the highlight reel often that you, that you put out when did you start kind of getting into into social media and obviously like you you mentioned before we started recording that you've you've found some some challenges around that as well and how people take you on social media yeah so how it started out uh me and my ex-boyfriend had a a competition to see who could get a thousand followers first and then i i didn't stop at a thousand when i won (laughs) (laughs) and so i think like when i started the Instagram thing, it was mainly like for 
being gay and going to the gym and really played to, I guess, that type of audience. And it was a, um, I kind of like struggled with the idea that people thought I was this other person online, you know, that looked like a personal trainer (laughs) who I was at all. So I decided to try bring more of myself to social media and kind of, uh, I guess, destroy the false image that I was portraying. And that itself was quite an, an interesting journey. I had a few followers unfollow. <laughs> um, uh, and if, I mean, but in saying that, I had a lot of new people follow, you know, for the, for the right reasons. Mm. But what I found with social media in general is that it was just a, like you said, a highlight, you know, of something that you want to share, you know, with anyone that was looking really. But that it does it for me, like, it, it wasn't a true representation of what I wanted to do on social media um, and what I wanted to express. And there, there just isn't enough scroll time, you know, for someone to know, <laughs> to notice, you know, a blog. And so I decided to, you know, create my own blog where I could just really express who I was as a person, because I think I'm quite complex. <laughs> and my blog was a chance for me to, I guess, heal from different uh, things that have happened in my life to do with my homosexuality. I think like, a lot of that, like, like we said before, um, where I was a lot in my head as a teenager, and now as a man, like I'm able to kind of express those thoughts, you know, in a more articulate way. And um, the reason like I'm writing about this type of stuff, like for example, like I write about um, conversion therapy, you know, being gay, I touched on getting um, drugged without consent and almost gang raped in Thailand. Or, you know, there's so much more that I, I really want to unpack in those blogs. Mainly because you don't find that type of resource online where, you know, another gay person has gone through this and this is what helped them. Like, I had someone that was an ex-pastor from a church down south uh, contact me saying how much he enjoyed the blog because you know, that whole side of God and religion and um, homosexuality is so fucked up at the moment that, you know, I just believe that there there needs to be more resource to help people get through that. And that's the whole reason why I started that blog. And I just hope that a lot of guys in particular are able to read the blog and know that they're not alone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, like, as you were saying, like, there's not a, there's not a heap of resources out there that talk about the stuff that you, that you talk about in the way that you do it. And, like, really important for, as a resource to help people who are, who are kind of struggling with these ideas and, and these things as well. But also probably beneficial for you as well to, to help you process some of the stuff that you've been through. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And talking to a few people that like obviously have been through through challenges in difficult times in their life, one of the common themes that comes up out about it as well is like they, they tell the story to assist other people, but also every time they tell the story, they heal a little bit themselves and they find out a little bit more about themselves from it too, which is awesome. One thing that I'm curious about, you still have a really strong faith at the moment as well. Like, how's the relationship with your faith changed over the last couple of years? 
it's a lot more internal now. <laughs> you know, carrying a Bible with me everywhere. <laughs> I believe that, you know, there's this whole kind of saying, you know, within the Christian faith that is God is a relational God. And so my relationship with God is my business, <laughs> which means none of yours. <laughs> but I picked up my Bible the other week, it's been a month now. I actually had dust on it <laughs> when I, you know, just put it in a corner and didn't want to touch it because, you know, it was, I found it irrelevant. But then, you know, picked up the Bible a month ago and just started reading it. And, um, you know, things, uh, you know, stood out to me. And I've kind of used a bit of uh, those learnings, I guess, uh, in my newest project, which is I'm running, me and another person are running the Wellington Pride Parade after party next year. And uh, it's the unofficially the party of the Wellington Pride Festival. And so I talk about like going through all that gay shit but I'm so happy to kind of come to a point where I'm able to bring back to the community in such a, you know, great way. I mean, I'm passionate about partying. <laughs> I'm passionate about helping people, you know, passionate about being gay. <laughs> yeah, so it seemed like the right thing to do. And, you know, our unofficial tagline for the party, uh, or, you know, our, our branding and marketing was, a topless guy with angel wings. <laughs> It'll sell tickets. <laughs> but that idea in particular came from a Bible verse. Okay. Yeah. Our tagline or unofficial tagline for the event is um, shine your light with pride or light the floor with pride. And, you know, uh, a verse that there's two verses in particular from the Bible that really stood out to me during the ideation which was, um, God said, let there be light, you know? And then you don't cover a lamp so that it doesn't shine. You know, you put it somewhere where everyone can see it, like a city on a hill. And I just thought, like, there's nothing to be ashamed about being gay or being different. And if I can just bring some of that energy and influence to a party like this, where people can really celebrate their identity, then I'd be really happy. But that in itself came from my own quiet time. And no one knows that. <laughs> the internet does now, bro. The internet does now. <laughs> that's really, really cool, actually, how that's, um, how that's come together and kind of your, your unique position with and background has has brought that into the light excuse my pun which is which is awesome you're heaps better about kind of putting yourself out there and shining your own light now than than you used to be and obviously that sort of it changes how you feel internally about yourself and, and about the sort of person that you that you are and that you want to be but are there still some areas at the moment where you feel that you're maybe holding yourself back or not shining shining your light out there Probably, uh, it might seem pretty, like, superficial, <laughs> but I, I could probably do better in my body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have the best trainer in the world. Her name's Chloe Hunter. She's a bikini body athlete, 
so yeah very similar bodies you know <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so, so i want to i want to ask you some questions that i i ask everyone during the conversation the, the first one is what was the last uncomfortable thing that you did and why was that uncomfortable for you i'm generally i'm generally a, like a happy positive affirmative person and that's taken a while to kind of get to that place of positivity and joy and contentment. But the other week, so I've got this uh, trip to Fiji planned. Um, I decided to go with my mom to, you know, visit our family. And it's the first time that I'll be going as a openly gay man, you know, because the other times I've gone, I haven't been that open about it. <laughs> and uh, me, and, me and my sisters and my mom were having breakfast. And my mom says to me, um, she read somewhere that you know, someone got kidnapped and beaten up by the government in Fiji. And when it came down to it, it was because they were, you know, gay. And I, you know, said to my mom, why are you telling me this? You know? <laughs> and she, she said, you know, just don't cause any unwanted attraction to yourself. And I said, what do you, you know, really loud in the cafe, what do you expect me to do? Prance down the street with a rainbow flag? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> and my mom was just so caught up in the idea that if I was found to be gay, I would get beaten up. Um, I mean, it took me a while to kind of understand her feelings behind it fear for her son really but to me what i heard in that moment was i don't want you to be gay can you not be mm. gay when you come to fiji can you just be straight and that was very upsetting when i heard it that way because you know, my my parents are awesome and it's taken two years for them to kind of get this comfortable around the topic but in that moment uh just all the depression that i felt as a teenager came back and I decided that I wasn't going to go to Fiji because, you know, I didn't want to be unsafe. And I'm going to Fiji, by the way, but I was just really like, my heart was pouring out, you know, of the idea that I wasn't going to see my family in Fiji, you know, again. And I hopped on a, on a flamingo scooter <laughs> that afternoon and I, rode along oriental and it was like a movie like tears coming down my eyes <laughs> movie tears because i do movie tears <laughs> and gliding off with the wind you know as i was riding the scooter and then i didn't stop until i rode that flamingo scooter all the way to Murama. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yeah it was just really sad that's that those parts of my life uh really like you said make me who I am because I know what it's like to like be depressed you know, I can really enjoy being happy yeah and I don't, I don't take that for granted yeah man thank you for thank you for sharing that uh, what's the next uncomfortable thing that you're gonna do is it going to Fiji nah <laughs> unofficially officially planning to move next year oh yeah yeah <laughs> are you allowed to say where to it's a surprise. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, when you, when you do announce it, I'll make sure to share it out with the listeners as well. <laughs> do you have any strategies that you use when you're approaching uncomfortable situations? Yep. 
go to the right people for the right advice. There's no point talking to someone that doesn't know anything about the topic or mm -hmm. doesn't have your best interest at heart, or there's no point asking the internet. <laughs> there are people in your life that are there that are older than you, you know, and probably a bit more wiser. And it's, it's good to rely and, and, and have those people in your life. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Eh? Like you wouldn't go to your plumber for advice about, uh, I don't know, interior decorating your house. Probably not yeah. anyway. Hey, that I would, I might have some good ideas. I wouldn't ask my, my straight mates, uh, you know, <laughs> about Heaps cases. of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, I've got a couple of other quick questions for you, man. But I just want to say thank you so much for, for taking the time to have a conversation with me today. But also thank you so much for, for shining your light out there and, and talking through some of the, the challenges that you've been through as well in order to help others and, and kind of just let them know that actually they're, they're not alone in, in what they're going through, that, that other people struggle with, with things like this too. Really appreciate it, man. Thank you. If people want to find out a, a little bit more about you and want to have a, have a read of some of the stuff that, uh, that you're talking about, like what's the best place for them to do that? Motivatejoe.com or Motivate Joe on Instagram. Cool. Cool. We'll, uh, we'll link them up in the notes for the show as well. But final question for you. Do you have a challenge to leave me and the listeners with this week? Oh, what's a good challenge? Hug a gay guy. <laughs> Hug a gay guy. All right. That is a, that's a good challenge. That is a good challenge. Put it, put it out there. If any gay guys want some hugs, then come and see me. <laughs> awesome, man. Josiah, thank you so much for getting uncomfortable with me today. Thank you for having me. I really I enjoyed it. There you go, team. I hope you enjoy that one uh, today. I had a great time having a chat with uh, with Joe. It was awesome. Covered some, as I said, pretty heavy stuff, some pretty amusing stuff in there as well, and, and really insightful when you're thinking about your own self-identity. A couple of quick thanks. Thank you to Jyland for your awesome editing. Thank you to my brother Jeremy Desmond for the amazing theme music. Thank you to you guys for taking the time to get uncomfortable with Joe and I today. And for those of you at the moment who are getting into the new year, you're looking for a challenge, you're not quite sure what it is that you want to be doing, or actually you're finding that you've, you've set yourself up with some resolutions, but you're really struggling to stick to them. I'm going to be running a couple of webinars in January, all around strategically identifying a challenge for yourself and then creating a, a, a plan and being able to put that in place so that you can you can head towards these challenges and give them your best shot. So if that's something you're interested in, just flick me a message on any of the social medias or send me an email, chris at chrisdesmond.nz, just with the word webinar. And once I have them, uh, have them live, I'll make sure I'll flick through the links to you so that we can get you taking on a, an uncomfortable challenge in 2020. Thank you so much for getting uncomfortable with Joe and I today. Mm -hmm.